Welcome back to Big Content, hosted by Mr. Jack Settlement of Snapback Sports and myself, Nick Ercolano, BDGE, represent the Big Edit. We've decided the Big Edit is the name of our crazy editing crew that's just chopping up TikTok clips for us. And we talked last episode that, you know, we made some predictions, like maybe a couple people rip off a couple clips. They've gone bananas. <laughs> they are ripping. I think it's been a week since they started doing it. Basically, if you're new here, we're trying to get the show out a little bit more. And we're saying like, hey, if anyone wants to help us edit, take clips from the show and then just like shoot them out all over like random TikTok accounts, you know, the, the Mr. Beast, the Andrew Tate method. Let's, you know, let's let it rip. And uh, and we've had, I want to say two, maybe three accounts that have probably put out like 30 clips each. Yeah. It's been wild. It's been amazing. We've had maybe three or four that I would say viral is all kind of context based, but one hit 60,000, one hit 50,000, a couple hit, you know, 10,000 plus. That's amazing. And some of them, there's a couple accounts that are like genuinely very, very good. Like we joked about, it's not a competition. Maybe someone will get hired. Like if I need an editor and it kind of shows, maybe it isn't that hard. Like it, it just, you watch the podcast, you play around a little bit. Now there's some people whose stuff isn't that good. You told me to talk into the mic. You're turning me down already. You're good. You're good. <laughs> You're actually muted. So don't worry. About it. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's been impressive. Uh, but what I, I want to talk about today is, okay, so we started this, we got 1.5 subscribers on YouTube. The shorts have done a little bit and you know, we're getting some good engagement, but these TikTok clips are going viral, right? So how do we, without control, because it's others who are doing this, not under our kind of domain, how do we circle this and, and straighten it out all back to the show? Well, I, th I think it's such a long game for these types of clips, but I think one of the things that we need to do with these editors is give them direction or what to do once they post the clips. And that's probably tagging us in it. And yeah. most of them have done a good job where they literally post a clip and then the first comment is them dropping yes. our names into it. So if people see the clip and they're like, I don't know who these guys are, but I like what they just said, where do I find out more? We have to make sure that they know in the comments they'll see us or we're tagged or whatever. I think for the most part, that's what we can do. The most powerful thing we can do. Mm -hmm. We could also create a quick template at the end of each clip like we can create something that's vertical uh that's maybe three seconds or something mm -hmm. that says like hey this is from the big content podcast if you want more follow this or just go subscribe or whatever you see how i wore a black shirt so the pit stains in fucking <laughs> all out this time um i think we can create something that's like three to five seconds that says that where they go afterwards and have each editor like put it out to the, you know the five people that are still making clips like hey make sure you put this at the end of mm -hmm. each clip so we need we just need direction for people yeah I, I think it's a really good social experiment which was the initial intent of this now that it's kind of been successful it's like okay how do we actually monetize not monetize but how do we make it successful for what we're trying to accomplish and I think some of the other people Andrew Tate the Paul podcast, any Mr. Beast clip that goes viral. It's very easy to find them, but, but you don't think about, okay, how do I go find that podcast specifically maybe? So yeah, that's a good idea. It's also a managing of, you know, how much do I want people to just be autonomous doing this versus like, all right, now we're actually getting and working with them closer, but it's been a success. I would say so far. I would say, yeah, the fact that we've gotten one clip that has like a thousand yeah. views that were outside of us manually doing that work <laughs> is like in, insanity. But yeah. I also think it like speaks to the type of volume that someone like Andrew Tate does in order for him, you know, he might have one person chop up a clip 
that does 100,000 views, mm -hmm. there might be like one person in that group of people that converts to be a Hustlers University student. Right. You know what I mean? So for us, I think it's just about hammering volume and hoping that eventually it like trickles down to something. And for us, like all we want is to convert people into long-term listeners, mm -hmm. right? Good. Watch, the, uh, listen to the podcast or become a YouTube subscriber. So I think for us, it's just about, again, continuing to like hammer volume and hope hopefully like they trickle down to it. Cause you know, we've talked about this before, but the conversion rate of getting people to do things is just, it, it, it drips off so dramatically once yeah. you get them to, to have to take the next step in things. So, I mean, TikTok has also made it so easy for you to just be like, Oh, I like this. Like, also I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. I know it'll pop up on my for you page, like, right. you know, next which, week. Is, which is why the consistent churn of content every single week is positive. And the thing we worry about is, okay, we start with 30 volumes. Great. Then five people are doing well, then it's going to go down to two, but you need that. So we might redo the thing and, and get more people into the program or whatever it might be. But I got an opportunity. I've been talking with the video editor and we wanted to discuss this. He said he could watch one episode a week. So the hour or so that we do, he would do it for $375 an episode, 10 grand. He would kind of make it a little cheaper over six months, five pieces of content per episode. Now, we would own that content. We could post it to shorts directly. We could create our own TikTok out of it. Like, where does your head go when you hear something like that? Okay, so he would be offering to watch big content, chop up five vertical clips for yep, it. Yep. My head goes to the fact that I don't think we need that right now. Mm -hmm. Like, I do that work already myself. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, on Mondays, I prepare. I have a live stream where I recap every NFL game for about an hour. I go game by game, do the biggest takeaways. Noon hits. We'll film some TikTok shit out there. And then from 1 p.m. to... I don't think I left the office at like 8 p.m. Monday night. I watched all the big content. I chopped up, I think, six or seven clips that are over a minute and then also went back, made sure that they were under a minute too. So basically like 13 <laughs> yeah. clips or whatever. Yeah. I'm willing to put that work in to do yeah. that right now. So I don't think we... I think when you're starting something, you have a choice what you want to invest. Well, well, I think it's actually not a choice. It, we're in a very we choice. No, <laughs> well, I know what you're going to say is like you can invest your time or your money. Right. But damn, <laughs> we've both been at this for a little while. But I, I actually don't think for what's helpful to the audience. I don't think it is a choice because po most people can't spend 10 grand over six months to get clips done for them. They have to do it. That's themselves. what I mean. Like yeah. the, the, the money option doesn't really come into play until you're like a very established right. creator, which is why it's like the time is really the only. And, and for us, like we do have the option of saying, okay, let's put some spend behind it. Yeah. But I don't know how you're looking at it, but I'm looking at this as a, a different um, a completely different vessel than BDG or Snapback Sports yeah, yeah, where it's like, I don't, you know, Tony is editing these, the long form videos, but that's yeah. like the only thing I want them working on right. for that, right? That's a, a couple hours out of the day, but I, I would not be like, yo, use company time to start chopping up 100%. clips for me. Use like the seven hours of your fucking Tuesday. I think it all will circle back and pay off for the company, obviously. Yeah, that's but, that's a long-term right. vision for it. Yeah, so but it's in like, the meantime, yes, it does feel like this is our own personal thing. So I'm looking at this as like as, as if it's the start of something as if anyone else was normally starting something. Like if you just started a podcast yesterday, but you were not, you were not running your own business, like you right. don't have fucking 10 grand to exactly. just put into an editor. So that's where my mind goes. Like yeah. I don't want to take shortcuts because we're trying to teach people how also not to take shortcuts when you do it. So I don't yeah. want to just be like, okay, yeah. we started. I'm going to well, throw that, 20 grand at that, it. That's why I think the, the big edit 
kind of is a shortcut to a degree, but uh, but it's a good example of the different kind of things you can do. And, you know, we have built the platform. So there's also, it would be kind of stupid not to use it to a degree. So it's just, I wanted to talk through that. And I agree, not right now is kind of what it feels like because we'll invest our own time and energy. I will say though, in terms of the pricing, mm-hmm. so 375 and ep, five pieces of content, that's that's a good price, I think. I think so, 10K too. for six months. Um, and his work is quality, too. Like, it, it would be of the same quality that are, has been going viral. Yeah, so you think of 375 and ep, that if you almost break that down, like, per hour, right? Mm-hmm. So he's going to watch big content, which is One hour. an hour of it. He's going to um, decipher the clips and then edit each individual clip, export them and whatever. That all, all in all, if he's doing five clips, it's probably, you know, in maybe an hour a clip or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we're thinking, you know... Uh, Probably maybe a total of 10 hours for the week, right? And that's like, what, $37 to $40 an hour doing this. And that's, you know, you're not going to get a lot of people that are going to do high quality work in this field for you consistently. So I feel like 40 an hour might be a little bit high and people might be like working for $25 an hour and be like, I'll do that. It's like, we're telling (laughs) you there's an opportunity to (laughs) fucking do it. Literally go do it. Join the big edit. But yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's good. I just think it's not the right time for us. Um, but that guy will land on someone uh, that is a content creator that's a little bit more established, or at least what they're doing, the project that they're looking for is a little bit more established, where they have time and money to to invest into it. I also think like if you are this guy, basically what you'd want to this this isn't one of the guys who's been doing clips for no, us. No, no, yeah. So what he would do, his best way of doing this would almost be like, okay, these kids that are uh, we'll put we'll put these kids on some game right now. The ones who have been chopping up clips for us already. Yeah. Basically, if they put themselves into a position, what you said last week was like become irreplaceable, mm-hmm. where like what they're doing is giving us a lot of leverage to the point where if they were to say six months down the road, I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. Here's my proposal to you. 375 an episode. Boom. We'd kind of be in a spot where we're like, fuck, like I loved what you were doing. You already know what to but do. It, it, once again, it wouldn't be fuck. It would be like, yeah. No, you proved yourself and we need this and let's do it. So this guy came out with like a cold offer, but his best bet would have been to take the same path that as long as he's passionate about what we're actually doing, like the same path that the big edit was taking where it's like, I'm going to work for free for a little bit to show you what I want. And then I'm going to fucking pull the rug on you and be like, this is how valuable I was to you. That is the way to do it. And I think it's exciting because if we're talking about, yes, this is something we would spend 10 grand or 20 grand a year on. You can find four podcasts and 80 grand a year. You're making social clips. Like I gave um, very reasonable. Uh, one of our editors, Scott, who used to do edits for us, basically me, Animal, and Snacks did a weekly podcast called Fade the Public. It came out once a week. Mm-hmm. It was like an hour-long show. It was like a decently intense edit where the editor would probably take eight to ten hours doing it. And I paid Scott, I think, $7,500 for a year. Mm-hmm. I, I paid him two or three different years, I think, for it. I don't remember the exact prices, but it was somewhere between like 7500 and 10k. I want to say, just to do that one single edit each week for the year. Yeah. You know, because that's, you know, it, it's, it's intense work. And if you can find someone who's high quality that can stick around and do it for the long term, I, I think it's absolutely an investment worth making if you're a content creator. And one of the Q&A questions later will be kind of along this lines of, I'm not going to be a content creator, but how could I support? How could I make a living? I believe in the creator. That's a great fucking question. I'm excited to to jump into that. Um, Before we jump into that, though, Jack, you're going to pitch me on a, uh, a new business idea. So this is our version of Shark Tank for creators. So I've been thinking about this a lot. The I big might, tank. <laughs> the big tank. Everything is <laughs> a dedication big to, before it, yeah. to Big and Randy Johnson. <laughs> so I've been thinking about this. I, I might have touched on this about receiving some funding and testing some ideas in the creator economy or, or like seed money for creators. So 
what I thought about was could a creator brand create a basketball shoe? And so my mind started going, right, of like, what makes Nike successful? What makes, you know, Puma or Adidas or New Balance, right? Nike, to me, when I think Nike, I really do think it's like the tech behind it. Like they have developed these incredible shoes. When I think of like Puma or I think of New Balance, like they've got Kawhi Leonard promoting them or they got like the... Uh, I forget what brand it was. Maybe it was New Balance. But outside of Kauai, like, the athletes are, like, C-level athletes, and they have no social following. They don't move shoes. Like, they don't need a signature shoe. So, like, could a creator move shoes? Yes. Right? Of course. Think about, uh, uh, I can name two off the top of my head over the last, like, year or two. Yeah. Gary V did the K-Swiss collab. Those yep. things sold out in a second. Mm -hmm. Who is New Balance's, like, newest signee? Jack Harlow. Right. You know how many numbers he fucking pushes with? Like, I'm thinking about getting New Balance because this motherfucker's <laughs> rocking them. All right. So, yes. so the idea is a creator-focused shoe brand. I, 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 I okay. focus on basketball because that, that's just where my head goes as a starting point of like, we've seen it before with signature shoes. So you could do it one of two ways. Like the first, the first point though, is all the creators get equity in it. And so you take money cause you're going to need a lot of money up front. So you need a venture capital firm or a bank or whatever. So, you know, equity would be allocated there, or maybe the creators invest a lot, but you need serious money to start something, you know, in apparel. But then you start giving, you know, you start chopping off percentages to each creator and each creator could get their own signature shoe. They push it to their audience, but it's all under one umbrella because what I've realized with Snapback Kitchen is it's great. We have our audience, but it's just us. And it's same thing with you guys and, you know, BDG, your NFT stuff. It's like only you pushing it. But if we created an umbrella mm. brand that everyone had a piece in and you could still like market your own signature thing. I think there's so much potential to that. That's a good idea. It's almost like if you went to like footlocker.com, you're just browsing shoes and this one's just like the Nike four, the Nike six, the Nike seven, whatever Same you thing. go to snapbackshoes.com and it's like, this is the Jack Carlo shoe. This is the Jack shoe. This is the whatever yeah. shoe. That's a, it's a I really, got, I got, hold on. I got more. I got okay. more. Okay. So, <laughs> so one, I really like what Mr. Beast did with feasibles and hired like the kind team. Yes. Like, I think that that's is what you, that's what you would need to do. Yes. Cause you can't go half, half on You would need like a real shoe, a no, really good in. shoe designer, yes. someone who has the networking within the, the shoe space, the infrastructure, yeah. the, you know, how to push the actual shoes out. Yeah. So then next, the beauty of doing it with creators is one, you could create a leaderboard so like whose shoe Sold. is so so it, it goes two ways one gamifying you, things we need to that's a whole nother we're gonna yeah, talk about yeah. that but one it could be because developing a different shoe for each creator would be tough so you could make like a base shoe like a low top shoe and a high top shoe and the signature could be like specific colorways or designs right but the top creator after a year could get their own signature shoe. So you've got proof of concept because they outsold everyone else. And then boom, you've got like a second one. This point right here, I actually think was my smartest thought. The reason this could work better is because the LeBron or the Giannis shoe or, you know, Jokic, those are seven footers. The everyday basketball player is more similar of a build to me or to other creators. Like the LeBron. Wait, you only want to sell like basketball shoes though? That, that's just like where my head starts. Okay. But, but then it evolves into lifestyle and, and all this stuff. But I think that the beauty of creators, and you say, why is Mr. B so relatable? It's because he looks like us and he talks like us. I don't need a basketball shoe that LeBron James is wearing in the game. I'm not <laughs> six foot 10 and 265 pounds and dunking. So I think that is like a, an underrated element to it. I, th I think it's a crazy idea that for sure 
could work. I love the idea of gamifying it and having them compete against each other because it almost like one of the toughest things about working with a one of the toughest things as a creator about pushing another company's product mm-hmm. is like what incentive do you really have for that product? It's clearly an ad. Outside of money. Yeah. Outside of them being like, we're going to pay you for this. But when you take the validation and turn it externally and these creators are like, I got a big audience. I'm going to look like a fucking loser if my shoes don't push. Right. That too. That gives them this outside external. Yeah. That, that And you give and them equity, equity in it. That's the difference. It's like, that's another thing. Why am I pushing these Puma shoes when I should be pushing my own shoes, you know, to a degree? I think that's a great idea. I think there, I think the risk involved is like, if the designs aren't well done from the start, if things aren't, I think there's a, there's a chance that it comes off cool. kind of corny. Yeah, yeah I think I, like immediately cool. corny if like the first couple drops aren't like kind of fire. Hundred percent has to be cool. Can't just be like we're pushing this product on you. It yeah. it has to be something you would wear. So then on top of that, the beauty of content creators and having equity in the brand is then you then it gets fun. Then you can have 5v5 influencer creator runs. Then you can build out a gym in New York City and do pickup runs. And everyone has to wear the shoe to play in the game. Like, it because of content, it becomes fun and cool. And it becomes the shoe to wear. I almost feel like... Your head goes to basketball for it, but and obviously you would probably think about expanding it, but I almost feel yeah. like the lifestyle version of it is a better start because then you can have a way more varied ver- uh, number of creators. Like how many creators are you going to get that are like that love fucking basketball? Not that many. More. Well, that that is the thing of like, what is the market, right? You're opening up, but then you're opening up. Because like if you came to me and you were like, yeah, let's create a shoe for you. I'd be like, cool. And you were like, let's create a basketball shoe for well, you. I'd be like, I'm out. So you're... But that's the thing about basketball shoes. There are basketball shoes that aren't meant to be worn in the games, right? Jordan. All I, I, the Jordan I think, shoes I think, I think are you're lifestyle. Going, the creator, the idea of getting the creators behind it, right? We talk about this so much. It's like once you have the audience or the leverage, you can kind of sell anything that you want. And yeah. I made a TikTok about this the other day where it's like people were like, you know, you got to look at Andrew Tate and like what he was promoting. It's like, I don't care what he was promoting. You look at like Gary Vee promoted K-Swiss and he, he's built his wine platform up to a media company. Look at Barcelona. They were just a sports company. Now they sell literally like men's shampoo yeah, products. Yeah, oh, yeah. They sell their own fucking alcoholic beverages. And, and Jake Paul went from vine to boxing to energy drinks. And it's yeah. like, this is the same thing. So it's like limiting them to basketball shoes, I think would be problematic from the start, but they can make so many cool lifestyle shoes that I feel like that would be the big, like you become a lifestyle shoe brand and yeah. not many shoes. Who are actually is a like lifestyle a, shoe brand though? Um, I mean, that might be a good answer as to like why there needs to be yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. But, but that is, that's part I, I'm, of it. I'm not like really, I don't know the shoe yeah. market that yeah. well, but like when I think of Nike, I think of like, I'm not like, oh, I'm going out, you know, I'm I'm going out for like even like a walk. Like I'll, I'm going to put my, I, I guess they have a, a wide variety of shoes. I could put my Air Force Ones on and stuff, but I think of them as more of a Air sports Force brand. Air Force Ones, Jordans, Dior collab, Kith collab, like they all get into that space. Yeah, I don't feel as though Nike is like a lifestyle shoe. No, no. For me, no, like you someone think in New York City. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure, so, sure. yeah, yeah. I think some brands like uh, I, I've gotten really deep into. Ho- I love Hoka's now. I, I what, you know, Hoka's are no. H-O-K-A. They're, I think they're like more centralized to like runners and okay. people who are like more okay. active and yeah, shit. Yeah, but yeah, I have I have a few shoes that I've gotten that I think are more like lifestyle focused and I love wearing yeah. them around now. They're super comfortable. Yeah. I think they've done a good job with it. And I think if you give creators the creativity to be like, this is the kind of shoe that I want to give off. I want to make a shoe that's that people can go out on Saturday nights with and be like, yo, these are these are fly. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I think the variety of having all those, like you go onto one website and be like, oh, maybe I want the basketball shoe. But, maybe I want this what's shoe. The, okay, so I think... Part of why I go basketball, obviously, we 
we're a sports media company is what's the content if it's just a lifestyle show? That, uh, that is part of the thought process of like, yes, you could get it on the biggest names in the world. Well, that's why I think the creator chooses the path in which, or the creator chooses the type of shoe. Right. Be, and then the, the shoe that they choose is going to be based on their lifestyle pretty yeah. much. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you came to me and were like, what kind of shoe do you want? I would, I right. wouldn't you say could, basketball. You could find a soccer creator. Right. Like, I, with that. like, I don't but think, I, don't I, don't think I don't know if your company necessarily, like you're already pushing them out to be the ones that are marketing it. So yeah. they're going to be marketing on their platform. Like obviously you can figure out ways to have like, if the company name was Big Shoe, right? Yeah. I don't know how big of a presence Big Shoe's content specifically would play in that company's role as opposed to each individual creator who's making their shoe because of the competition would be making the content on their own platform. Right. And that's what I'm saying is what is the content that you could create on a lifestyle shoe? Is it, like basketball is very obvious. You do a pickup game against another creator and you're wearing Well, I'm saying if I'm making a shoe for a lifestyle, if I'm yeah. like, yo, I want to make a fly shoe to go out on Saturday night, like yeah. I'm going to make vlogs that right. when I'm out on Saturday night, I'm wearing okay. the shoe and shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like whatever shoe, it, whatever, however it fits your lifestyle, like that's the content you're making behind or yeah. however you're trying to pitch it. You're like almost making I commercials wonder, for yourself. I've, I've never had a really good lifestyle shoe, which has like become the theme of this conversation. People are, you know, in love with their basketball shoes. Mm -hmm. They're famous. They're, you know, they're attached to the players' legacies. I wonder if people do feel that way about certain you know characteristics of a shoe or hat whatever it might be but say that again like i i don't know the connection between someone like the connection between someone and the basketball shoes they wear is like a very real thing oh i mean like but i'm trying to think is i don't know is that the same for a lifestyle shoe or or a flip-flop or boots like boots are right. some of like the most worn in like you wear them shits like every single day in yeah. the winter and like I, th I think you can get absolutely attached to those i think a lot of shoes are, are pretty mid and that's yeah. why they kind of like fall under the radar of like i don't really care it's just a fucking <laughs> pair of shoes but there are definitely people that fall in love with certain which is why i think you'd bring out the best of creators because creators like to live on the edge you yeah. know what i mean they like yeah. to be like the one that are pushing the boundaries forward whether it's for fashion or, or content in general so i think you'd get a lot of like kind of wacky but really cool types of sneakers or shoes or boots or whatever that come out of it yeah. and i think like that would be cool to have the brand that has like, okay, we have basketball shoes for this content creator, but we also have boots for yeah. this guy who's like a fashion YouTuber that has like 2.5 million followers or whatever, you yeah. know? They it, could probably move crazy products. A hundred, yeah. Like, uh, I only know this because of my girlfriend. We wore what? Like, the, had a whole bikini line. Like, these are these fashion influencers, and they mm -hmm. move product. And their, their normal step is like, go to Macy's, do a collab, and then if they show they can do it, then they go create their entire own brand, and they're super successful. I mean, spend Banks, right? That that yeah, was yeah. kind of similar path, but yeah. So that's that's my uh, that's my business. I idea. think we've got something there. Yeah. If we have any investors? <laughs> let's go. We need. Well, oh, last thing. It's crazy because once again, if I if I thought about taking this on by myself, right? The snapback sports shoe. Like we could do it, but we're pushing to a very limited audience, and then we could expand it, whatever. But if I said we were bringing in ten creators with millions of followers, everyone got three, four, five percent of the company. We pitched someone like I think this is going to be worth you know half a billion or or uh, you know one hundred fifty million dollars in the next six months or a year. Do you think with ten creators of let's say cumulative following fifty million could move uh, a million like Prada? Um, I don't know, like, the shoe industry and how, yeah. like, the numbers no, behind it. No, but just it. in general. Like, do you think that that much audience all collabing on the same kind of concept could move a million pieces of anything? Yes. I, I hope so. Right. 
Yeah. And that would be like a hundred million in revenue. Really. Yeah. So I, I think and like what a cool idea would be is like get those 10 people together, get their 10 different shoes, which are probably fitted for all different types of lifestyles and right. almost like, almost like real world, like MTV real world it, where it's like you film them for a week and like they have all these different activities planned. It's like, yeah. all right, we're about to go play basketball today. Tonight we're going out to dinner. We're going to wear his shoes. Yeah. Tomorrow we're going out to like a bar. We're going to wear their shoes. Tomorrow we're going for a walk down the board. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and you film all these different piece of content that your company offers all these types of lifestyle shoes. Right. I think right. that would be kind of cool. But I'm like, yeah, they could move a million pieces and that's a hundred million in revenue in year one. I think that's <laughs> right. Like that, that's crazy. That, I, I think mean, the bill, I think like the, I wonder how, how long does it take to make a shoe? Well, that's another thing. I've kind of half-assed looked into it before, like, but the content behind it, flying over there, you know, mm -hmm. across the country or across the world. To make the shoe? Yeah, to go to the factories, to scope out the different tech and that, like, there's so much. That's what I think is the hardest part. It's like really nailing the launch where it's like, okay, we've made a shoe that we're proud of that looks cool and yeah. we and like the audience will also look at that and be like that's the thing it, at the end of the day the product has to be good but but the reason i started thinking about you know holistically why packaging creators together like better with jake paul like he's got the biggest audience but it's like all him you know like at the end of the day it is all him same with mr beast like it's all him now He's outgrown everyone, so he can do it. He's got 100 million people. But I just think that's going to be – people are going to start their own businesses by themselves, these creators, mm -hmm. but it's tough. It's tough without support from others, and I think that's kind of the next evolution. So. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about businesses at scale, which is like another level yes. of creators that like I'm not even – close to really getting there yeah that's almost like, yeah like venture back funds but i do think that's the future i don't think in like 10 years from now i don't think we're going to see a, a lot of super successful businesses that weren't started through an audience uh, right. or someone who has like an audience of a million. if you already have the customer base there like it makes no sense not to fucking shoot well my original idea was raising a fund uh, like from creators where creators right they use anchor or they use pop Chew or whatever the company is and it's like all right those creators should absolutely be invested in the tools they're using and and then I'm like, actually, those creators should just invest their own money in building that company. And mm -hmm. if they all built it together, they'd probably be fairly successful. Shit. What are we building, Jack? <laughs> this <right>. podcast. <laughs> Facts. All right. Um, we got the paid partnership of the week. It is dedicated to Zach King. You said you had never heard of Zach King before. I'm pretty shocked. He's got crazy following. But he smashed this TikTok he did. <laughs> All right, field's open. Yeah. Here we go. Hey, where's your jersey? Uh, Just hold these. See what we can do. What? Whoa, nice. Yeah. Here we go. All right, let's line up for drills. Single file right here. Partnership between Zach and Adidas slash Juventus on their new jersey launch. He's great because he can, his creation and him as a creator is just editing and all this animation and stuff so he can kind of fit anywhere right like he doesn't have to fit into like he could do an apple ad he could do juventus he could do you know a bookshelf ad like it just has to be cool so this got 74 million views and when i watch this my first thought goes to the production of this 22 second clip yeah probably took like an insane amount of time. That's what he does, though. Yeah, because I remember the... Okay, so the promo we did for The Bash, the original one that was like a three-and-a-half-minute video, yeah. where it was for sure the the most highly 
produced video we've ever done, right? It was like the best looking thing we've ever put out. My friend Noah came in here and shot the whole thing, but we prepped to shoot that for like a month. Seriously. It was yeah. a three and a half minute video. We prepped to shoot it for a month. We shot it in like nine different fucking locations. Each location took us like a few hours. Even if it was a 15 second yeah, clip, yeah. we were there and you need to plan Every when you're doing these transitions where they go from like here into another 3D world and then the ball changes into this fucking thing, those transitions are so calculated. You're like, I need the angle of this fucking video to be here with the lighting, the same thing, yeah. and you need to swirl. And we, it's it's a crazy, crazy thing. So like, I look at these ads and I'm like, okay, there are two ways for I guess virality or success through videos, and it's through insane production like this that people like underrate and they watch and they're like wow and it's like yeah that wow factor comes from the fucking 40 hours that he put into <laughs> doing a 22 second video like there's no there's no it's not an accident or you can play to like the emotional side of people where it's like you're getting them to uh you know cry or be really excited yeah. or be scared or be whatever it is and i think those are like the two pieces of content that make something like really really hit so how much do you think he got paid for that I mean, I, more so, he's got, what, 70 million TikTok followers or something like that? Oh, it's yeah. It's one ad. He probably did Instagram, but let's just talk about TikTok. Probably not paid on a per-view basis. No, right? this is definitely like a, this is definitely a negotiation up front to say, hey, you're going to do this for us. Yes. I mean, there might have been stipulations that, like, if it doesn't get a certain number of views right. and it kind of, like, cuts down in half or something like that. More so, he knows how good his content is. I would bake in, like, if it crosses 50 million, it's an extra million dollars or something like that. Yeah, I, w I would have said, this is a great fucking ad. Um, and and the one thing... Do you know the number? No, 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 I don't. But the co the content is so good. Normally, when the content... His content is so good and the ad's baked in, you don't really know even, like, what the ad is for. The animation of the jersey and highlighting that so specifically, I felt like was really strong. So you know, like, what the focus of, yeah, there, of it was. Yeah, there was no miss on this yeah. fucking ad. Like, everything here. I, honestly, I would put this around a million bucks, probably. Give or take, maybe... 200 grand. And I think that that's massively underpriced, I right? Agree. Like yeah. he has 76 million views on it. How much how much to run a an engaged commercial? More importantly, what do the comment numbers look like? Does it 5.5 uh, uh 8,000 comments. Yeah, 8,000 comments. 8,000 so comments, 5.5 million hearts, 74 million plays, 12,000 shares. <laughs> ridiculous yeah Absolutely. the numbers are crazy yeah, I, I would say like you just look at the raw numbers of it and if a brand comes to you they know that they're getting a deal with you because to, for them to put this production together is probably going to cost them you know around that same price right. and they're not going to get the same level of engagement because people don't give a fuck about these big corporations right yeah. they want to connect with these creators he could probably get paid to just create a commercial for them to run and yep. not even post on his own social. Well, I'm sure he does. The other stipulation with this probably is like when we sign deals with most of our partners now, we're basically like, we're going to create organic content for you. Right. You guys can run paid ads behind that, right. which is what some of the allures, like you were talking about some of the partnerships that you have now is also either is or should be on a consulting basis mm -hmm. as well. Because I mean, we're in the trenches. We like understand how these platforms work. So it's like if they're trying to build a social team and they're outsourcing their marketing to us, like they should also be listening to us for um, for direction. I'm sure like that kind of goes into the contract. I'm sure Adidas probably put an extra, I mean, their marketing budget's got to be fucking a billion <laughs> bucks. So it's like they probably put, if they paid him 750,000 to make this or yep. 1.5 to make this, they're probably putting an extra 5 million behind it right. on paid advertisements, you know? And it got 76 million views and it cost him, I wonder what it cost him to actually make the video. Like obviously he's got the equipment, he's probably got an entire edit team and all this stuff, but 
that's the beauty of if he had equity in a brand, he wouldn't have to promote the Adidas Juventus drop. He could promote his own thing. And so that's a million dollars of value. That I'll be he, honest, I don't think this probably costs him that much. It's t- it's tough to say like what all the startup costs are. Yeah, I mean, it, like if you factor in like certain, like he's already paying his editing team and he's probably paying a lot of people already. Yeah. But just like this again, I think was way more of a time investment right. for him personally because he already had these cameras probably at his disposal and things like that. But yeah. I mean, all the equipment and stuff probably adds up. But realistically, yeah. probably not a super intense like upfront cost. For I him. agree. I agree. That's the beauty of of short form content. All right. So we are doing a snake draft for if we are starting a media company today, what creators would we hire? You go first. You want me to take the 101? Yeah, take the 101. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think the 101 is a layup here. It's Mr. Beast. Okay. So you're going with Mr. Beast. Do we want to... Um do we want to do like explanations now, or just want to rip through it? I quickly? think it, yeah. Let's let's do the draft, and then we'll we'll riff through it at the end. So, okay. all right, you're going, Mr. Beast. Mm-hmm. I am gonna go with uh, my my first pick. I'm going Donald Trump. Okay. And my second pick, I will go with uh, David Dober. Interesting. Okay. With back to back picks, I will take Prez mm-hmm. Marcel, and I will take Andrew Tate. Okay. Okay. So we're on the same wavelength here. All right. My next two picks, I'm going to go I Show Speed. He's a streamer. I want some streaming action. Live content is huge right now. And then I'll go with, I'll go Logan Paul. With the 402 to wrap up the draft, I'm going to keep it simple here and go Gary V. Okay. So we have Mr. Beast, Donald Trump, David Dobrik, Prez, Andrew Tate, Speed, Logan Paul, Gary V. All right. So let's, let's break it down. A well, bit. first in the comment section, let's hear who's team one. My team or Nick's team, Jack or Nick. So you went with Mr. Beast 101. I actually don't know if there's an explanation needed. It's quite obvious he's the best. No, I mean, he's the GOAT. He understands how to unlock every single platform. He, I mean, his whole life has been dedicated to understanding how to like reverse engineer building an audience. Yeah. So I picked Trump. Uh, with my first pick. And people might say that's not a real creator. You know, You're racist. Whatever. No, I'm definitely <laughs> not a racist. But Donald Trump is the most polarizing figure. I, I'm not a Trump fan. But from the perspective of driving attention, like his Twitter account was one of the most followed ever. Of course, it had to do with him being president. But you get that factored in. Too. So I think if I were starting a company and I was trying to just gain attention, I, I picked Trump. Number two, David Dobrik. I just think his... I was surprised by this one. He He's just got, like, he's got the YouTube game down. He's a generally positive person. You know, between him and Trump, maybe those first two picks in the, I don't know, the perspective of the company might not be great. But I, I'm more so framing it from, like, who are the best content creators? You weren't trying to put a podcast together between the guys that you hired. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Um, yeah, David Dobrik, I, I feel like he's lost a bunch of steam over the last like year or two. And yeah. I, don't, I don't really know what he actually like does anymore. I think the buildup to what he became is like insurmountable. I think he was one of like the biggest players on YouTube. Yeah. But I question what he can do going forward. That's fair. That's my only thing. Um, I took Prez at, at 202. I am, I'm just a massive fan of what he's built over at Barcelona. And I think every, I think he's hilarious. I think he's also polarizing. I think he's, I think he's like generally a good guy too. I think he's uncancelable as yeah. well. I think uh, every time he touches a mic, it's just like electricity and he just knows how to get it done. It's mm-hmm. like, whether it's just street interviews, like doing the pizza reviews, like everything he does ends up being uh, a big hit. And it's obviously extremely smart. Got the work ethic of a fucking stallion. has been doing it for 18 years in a row. He's built it. 
knows what he's doing. So Prez, I think he's just one of the the media Mount Rushmore guys right mm-hmm. now. And then I'm with Andrew Tate at 301, similar to your Donald Trump. You know, like this guy understood how to hack it. Whether it's for, I mean, he believes everything he's saying. Right? He's not doing it. Do you think he believes everything? Hundred percent. Yeah, million percent. He believes everything he's saying. He, he's he's from like the other part of the world where a lot of what he's saying is maybe true, or at least like the way he grew up was mm-hmm. was very very true. If he wasn't banned on things, like he would. 2023 he'd probably be the biggest creator like on planet earth i feel like so uh andrew tate yeah easy pick for me there i went with i show speed this is probably like buying low on someone who's at the top so general media hasn't really caught up to him because he's kind of siloed into this streamer youtube tiktok gem but i mean he had a stadium of a hundred thousand plus people celebrating with him after he scored a goal and my entire feed was around him and i think that live content will be king in the future yes if you can get a tiktok video to have a million views that's amazing if you can get a youtube video to have three million views that's amazing but Bringing people to one place live, the top creators today that do that are athletes. LeBron James brings people to sit down, and the NFL does it with some of their star athletes, but but he is capable to have 60,000 concurrent viewers on his YouTube, and there's not many people who are able to bring a live audience of that scale, so I'm rolling with him. My last pick, Logan Paul, kind of just a veteran of, of the content creation game. He's calmed down a bit. And I think that that's the actual opposite of the Trump pick and the speed pick is like those guys got to be polarized and they got to be loud. It's very tough to capture audience and be like not clickbaiting and not, you know, going over the top with hot takes. And he's now found a place where he's pretty comfortable and just like people respect him. As, I'm, I'm interested to see because Logan Paul is like very clearly I had Bryce Hall on my list as well as someone I was thinking about. And I feel like they've taken similar paths. Bryce Hall is still like a bunch of years behind where yeah. they were young and like erratic and doing a bunch right. of reckless things. And they've obviously been humbled by life and they've been more mature now. <laughs> yeah, and they, yeah. you know, they understand how a lot of this game works. So Logan Paul, to me, I feel like if he started at zero today, I would question whether or not he'd be able to build it back up because he's not he's not polarizing like when he started. He's not. But I think he's so smart and he's seen so much that he would be able, because the impulsive podcast, he right. did it with an audience, but he's never really did it like needing these crazy takes, you know, that obviously you pull the best content, but he hasn't needed to like do these stunts or these pranks or, you know, the old stuff he used to, but you, you make a very fair point. Yeah. I mean, I wrapped it up with Gary V. I just thought this, I mean, he's, he's multifaceted, you know, he yeah. could do the, he could run the paid ads for the, for our business. <laughs> we also, I also have a bunch of chemistry here. Like. Mr. You ever? Uh, yeah, I've, I've for Mr. Beast Prez. They've done uh, stuff together. Andrew Tate's been on Prez's on uh, BFFs. Gary yeah. V and Prez have done stuff. Gary V, Mr. Beast, like they're all fucking boys here. So we have I, chemistry out the gate. My four are definitely hanging out, siloed. And <laughs> one's in, in charge of YouTube vlogs. Trump's in charge of Twitter. Speed live streaming. Logan's got the podcast. You ever seen the clip of Prez talking about the first time he ever talked to Mr. Beast? No, it was so funny. It was when uh, they were doing the Barstool Fund, like during COVID yeah, or yeah. whatever, and he tweeted out something like uh tag people that you think would donate to the barstool fund and everyone was like mr beast mr beast and mr beast immediately like went into the comments was like i'll, I'll donate two hundred fifty thousand dollars. like right now just let me know where yeah. and they got on, a, on the phone and press was like 
the president never heard of Mr. Beast. He had yeah. no idea who he was. And he's like, you, you know, you really start off like you're cucked right away when you're on the phone with somebody and they call themselves Mr. Beast. <laughs> <laughs> you have no choice but to listen to him. I'm going to send you the clip. It's, it's like two funny. minutes and he just That's keeps talking about Mr. Beast. <laughs> and the way he says it is just like some of the So who shows. else did you have on your list? I'll run through mine oh, really fuck. quickly. I, I like deleted everyone else. <laughs> so I had Big Cat. So we went to a similar place. I had Big Cat too. I think he's just super talented. Ryan Trahan, you familiar with him? Similar vibe. Like very chill YouTuber. Just people like him. He's very like agreeable. I had KSI. They kind of run in internationally especially in in europe in london um and then charlie puth 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 Puth. he's he's just like one of those where we talk about you know none of these guys i don't think are like the most insanely talented people ever they just work their ass off he's fucking crazy do you see the thing he did with fallon the other day so his whole thing on tiktok is going on and using like you know using sounds and making beats out of them Live on Fallon in under three minutes made like a sick beat. And it's just like, you don't find talent like that. I was going to say, sometimes, yeah, sometimes like artists, uh, I don't know if they're like one hit wonders or not, but some, sometimes you, it's it's very easy to separate like who the really talented artists yes. what, when they do shit like that. Yeah. And you, your mind gets blown you're and you're like, like, what the fuck? Yeah, when they get put under pressure and they're able to perform like that, it's a, it's a really crazy thing. I had uh, Big Cat, I had Bryce Hall, um, I don't remember who else I had because as I was writing these ones, yeah. I started deleting my other ones. Um, but yeah, my, I went to I went to YouTube immediately because my mind went to people that connect with their audiences in a really deep way. Oh, Noel, do you know who Noel Miller is? Mm, I've heard the name. So do you know who Cody Co is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so him and Cody uh, Cody Co and Noel Miller are like best friends, and gotcha. they, they do their podcast together, uh, Tiny Meat Gang. Okay, that's yeah, like their yeah, company, yeah. Or whatever. I think Noel Miller is like one of, if not the funniest kids on the internet right now. Yeah. He does like stand up now, but he's just like very calm, but like hits you with the one liners that are like, damn, like you're so smart. Like, why are you like, why are you so smart and funny? Like at the same fucking time in like a five minute video. So he's one of my favorite creators um, that I think could prosper no matter what the fuck he's doing. And, And when I think of building a connection with an audience, I think of the long type of video mm-hmm. that sucks you in and it's it's much easier to tell stories through something that's like five minutes 10 minutes 15 minutes as opposed yeah. to these quick hitters that you actually in order to like really fall in love with a tiktok creator you need to probably watch like a hundred other fucking videos whereas opposed to youtube you can go on and be like fuck i fuck with this dude after one video you know what yeah. i mean like you can tell that connection is is real because it's almost like in a tiktok video you're getting a, a facade of something it's like almost yeah. like when you start dating someone for the, like the first few dates you don't really know who they are so you only see like the good side of them so mm-hmm. you're like oh this is awesome like i love this person <laughs> and then after you know you've been with Haley after like a year two years three years like you know all their flaws and yeah. you're like this is the other side of that coin and i feel like there's a miniature version of that on social media where you get that through more the, the length of the YouTube videos. For sure. All right. I think that's a great transition into Q&A mm-hmm. because we have a question from Abram in the Discord. Discord, if you're watching on YouTube, link below. So hop in the Discord. Good uh, chat in there. General chat, but we also do software questions and, and equipment too. So Abram said, do people who make content on YouTube have a better relationship with their audience as opposed to someone on TikTok since their content is longer? I think... Um, yeah, that was a great fucking segue. (laughs) I think it kind of depends on like what you would define a better relationship as, because I mean, I think nowadays you get more people go viral on TikTok and probably can go out into the street and get recognized like that in a second. But I guess it depends on like how you want to portray yourself and like how you want to, what connection you want to have with your audience. Cause you could, again, build up that facade and build up a platform of yourself. But I think one of the biggest mistakes that creators have in today's world 
is building themselves up to be like a caricature of themselves Mm -hmm. because that will like kill you in the long run. Like if you're only this one thing and you put yourself in a box, like what if you don't want to be that person a year from now? And that's like the only thing that you're good for. You put yourself in a really bad spot mentally. So if you are able to do that within like to, and some people are very good at doing stories on, on TikTok and Mm -hmm. now they've expanded the platform to it being three minutes and 10 minutes. But I do think if you're someone who does like 15, 20 second videos and you're only showing this like one side of yourself, I don't know if the relationship between your audience is, is better or worse, but I think for you on a personal level, it could put you in a hole. My initial thought was yes, because it just feels like YouTubers have a more engaged audience. They've got a comment section that they've been engaging with. It also takes longer to go viral on YouTube, which probably plays into that. Mm -hmm. But then after thinking about it, it's more so what type of creator you choose to be, right? Mm -hmm. So if if you're going to be a fantasy football creator on TikTok, well, if you post any other type of content, it's probably not going to perform. So no one gets a good view into your life. But I've only created short-form content and our fans like we you know 30 people come to us at stadiums and meet up with us and they're like i love your stuff i've been following forever but it's because i've shared personal experiences that's the key to it right i haven't locked myself into just being a sports betting analyst for WNBA first half unders right like if that were the case then yeah people won't care about the other side of my life so i would say no it just depends what type of content creator you want to become. Yeah, it's like the better relate. Like I, I think as uh, as outsiders, you look at content creators and and it's like almost put on a pedestal. But if you're a content creator, like you, you hear the word relationship, and it should be no different than the relationships that you treat people that you know in real life with, right? Like mm-hmm. your audience or your fans or whatever, they're fucking people too. <laughs> so like treat them the same way that you would treat other people if you want to build a, a really solid relationship. So it's it's about varying your content to make sure that you're opening up to people and make sure that they're connecting to you on that level. But again, if you only show one side of you, then yes, the relationship, like if, if you meet a person in real life and you only show this one side of you, the relationship's not going to be that strong, you know? So it's, there's no difference between people that you meet in real life and people that happen to follow your shit. You have to be the one to like consciously make the choice to open yourself up and diversify a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Donald Coletta in okay. the, uh, in the, in the big content discord asked, uh, buy, sell, or hold with the social media platforms. Buy if you believe it's a good platform to get on and to grow. Hold room to grow, but would start other places. Sell no reason to start on this platform. No room for growth. Uh, starts with Twitter. Oh, gotcha. Okay, so we're gonna go through the platforms. All right, buy, buy, hold, or sell Twitter. I would hold Twitter. I'd hold Twitter too. I think it's super valuable from a business perspective. Creators probably don't have a ton of success and it's impossible to grow on that platform unless you're like a viral video type creator or a thread guy maybe. Yeah, thread thread guys are booming right now. You could be a thread guy and for sure grow. Yeah. Out of the gate, it's probably really, really difficult. But like right now, if you started making threads like tomorrow and they were like well-informed, you know who Dickie Bush is? No. Dickie Bush is uh, a guy who basically like started the Twitter thread thing. Gotcha. And he taught people, he has like threads about making threads and shit like that. And he went like super viral. I actually met him in person uh, like last summer and he's really, really good at it. But he, there are definitely ways to grow if you have a well-established audience. But yeah, I would start other places. So I, I would hold Twitter. Also, Twitter is the best networking right. platform for sure. Like I probably met you through yeah, like yeah. Twitter and met like basically everyone in the industry through Twitter. So Twitter's a, a hold for me. YouTube Shorts is for sure a buy. 
the biggest buy in the world because <laughs> because YouTube is the buy. YouTube will surpass, and you've seen TikTok attempt to do it. YouTube will surpass SEO for a lot of things, right? It is the new SEO. So YouTube Shorts are like the easiest way to grow on YouTube right now. So that's like that's like your smash buy. It's going to the moon. Crypto kids would suggest buying YouTube Shorts. Yeah, Facebook. So. Uh, and initially I would say sell, but mm-hmm. I listen to Gary V all the time and he talks about how like Facebook stories are reels and yeah. then like Facebook pages and groups are like his best performing social platform <laughs> anywhere. And I'm like, I'm not really willing to find out, but like, I believe <laughs> that you believe that. Yeah. So I don't want to say, you know, like sell because I actually haven't gone in and done the work to know whether or not to do it. But if you're just a creator out there right now, you're like, I want to get into sports media. Like I, I wouldn't suggest like start just posting shit on Facebook. Unless you're creating content for the older gen. Like I literally haven't been on Facebook in six months. I don't even use it for birthdays anymore. Like I know. Maybe, maybe like if you're a pickleball creator. You ever played pickleball? On yesterday morning. Are you serious? Yeah. Why don't you invite me? Uh, you I, was know in Los, sure. I was in Los Angeles. Why didn't you invite me? <laughs> Wait, uh, we, I, we have a bid in right now to buy a pickleball team. With, in the, you and me? No, not, I mean, maybe you could be involved, but. Imagine Jack inviting me to anything, anywhere, <laughs> any bids. Well, I saw you on Sunday at the tailgate. Yeah, because so, I showed up. So, like, LeBron and Tom Brady just bought a team. Yeah. So, we've always been, I mean, we were in, we had a bid in, and then they might have beaten us out for that bid. But there's That more. was the team you lost, like them? There were five spots up for sale. The We got our bid in before the deadline. Who's we? we? Uh, like me, Alex, and then we've like, t- we kind of have others involved if we receive the bid, okay. you know, it's not a fully developed thing. And, uh, they said like, get your, get your bid in in time before Labor Day, you'll hear by the end of the month. And then on like October, you know, whatever, 4th, like Tom Brady is buying a pickleball team, right? Or LeBron first, LeBron's buying a pickleball team. And we're like, uh, so do we not get the bid? Do they close the bids? Whatever. And then we keep following up, and they're like, oh, you'll hear soon. And then it was like, LeBron James got a team. <laughs> and so now we're probably SOL, but, um, yeah, so that's pickleball. Well, I was thinking of pickleball because, like, I know it started – or the only – the first time I heard about pickleball was my grandpa playing yeah. down in Florida. I'm pretty sure it started with, like, the older demographic Full, first because it was fully. a way for them to be athletic. So I don't even know what pickleball is, but I want to play oh, really, really dude, bad. pickleball is amazing. And I, I – when people ask what is pickleball, I say the reason I like it is – Is it like a – mixture of ping pong and tennis on yeah, a smaller court pretty Fuck. much that's like my two favorite sports pretty it's, much. it's super fun you can play for hours at a time but i always joke like if i played my grandmother one-on-one in basketball like that's not fun for anyone it's not competitive <laughs> i break her ankle break her ankles probably literally but pickleball like we can be on the same court i'm still better than her thankfully but like she can hang and i think that's like fun so it kind of closes the gap um but Next yes. time, if you play in the city, let me know. It is an older thing that maybe you go See how he just ignores that? No. <laughs> the problem yeah, anyways, is like Facebook, a- yeah, don't get on fucking Facebook. Fuck you. Uh, Instagram shorts. Wait, Instagram shorts? I think Instagram, Instagram reels. reels. Yeah, Instagram I, would, reels. I would put them a notch below YouTube shorts probably, but they're definitely a buy for me. If you can make a video that's a minute long, you could put on TikTok, YouTube shorts, Instagram shorts, and oh, one of those will probably hit semi-well. Well, that is that is funny because we post a lot of our short-form content across, and it's interesting to see the different platforms. Like some will flop on Instagram and some will hit on TikTok. But I, my hot take would be I would sell Instagram right now. I just don't think that the platform is what people are looking for, and they're kind of lost. They're trying to be copycats of TikTok. They're trying to you know push influencer and creator down a 
throat. And it's like, I want a social platform that I can see my friends stuff on. And, but it, it shocks me because I ask people all the time, like, do you watch Instagram reels? Like the real function? Mm -hmm. Never. Really? I only watch feed. And I, I get a lot of that same feedback. So maybe it's a bad sell call, but I just don't like, I watch TikTok like that. I don't watch Instagram. I've actually found that I, I think the reels targets me better than TikTok. Really? Like there, I, I enjoy what I'm watching when I'm going through Instagram reels more than I enjoy. Interesting. TikTok, I feel like it's just throwing me bullshit all the fucking time. I love the bullshit. No, yeah. Like I, I, love I, it. I feel, you know, I feel like a really, I feel grimy coming off TikTok. <laughs> like you don't understand how intensely I feel about this. Like I feel if I'm on TikTok for like an hour, by the time I put my phone down, I'm like, dude, what? Like my brain just short circuited. Like yeah. I feel stupider after That's fucking fair. That's more fair. stupid. Right? I can't even fucking speak English anymore. That's how I feel. But Instagram reels, I, f I think is a, is a more polished, yeah. um, less like fucking maniac type behavior. All right, I'll do some homework in between now and next episode. Son on, of a bitch. And the last one was be real. So I think it's interesting from two perspectives. One, this is a, a auto sell because you can only have 500 people following you. So there's no actual growth. On well, the I disagree with that. That doesn't mean that that's what it'll be like in the future. Okay, that's fair. But yeah, I, I guess. But I feel like if you're just capped there for like, if they do that in six months, you're just sitting there with 500 people on there. But, but TikTok but, opened up their version of be real. The copycat stuff, sometimes it works, but mm -hmm. we've also seen a lot of it get squashed. I think that could also be, because there can only be 500 people, you could learn what it's like to have true fans. You could learn what it's like to foster an audience early. I would actually buy Be Real. The only part of Be Real that I'm going to sell would be the fact that eventually they're going to have to monetize and make money. And then that platform is going to get mucky. How do you make it organic? Yes, I could post at the Puma house and, you know, it's one side me wearing Puma gear and one side mm -hmm. the other. But I don't know. Some of the times when the platforms are early and, and you could also grow off platform, right? Like if you capture a crazy be real moment, I've seen it posted on Instagram and Twitter too. So it actually helps your other socials grow. So that's, that's my take on be real. Okay. You know what? I'll give you the dub on that one. Okay. I was too short sighted on that. Uh, it just like pissed me off because when we, are you on be real? So when we first blew up on TikTok, yeah. Everyone, uh, I, I just saw like Be Real start blowing up. So I was like, oh, that's definitely a platform we should get on. My little cousins were talking about it. Like, yeah. It's my favorite platform right now. We got on it. We basically posted our Be Real account. And then within one day, we got the 500 people from it. And you were capped. And then we were capped. And yeah. I was like, why can't we like, I was trying to accept like one of my friends onto it. And I was like, I can't do that yeah. without deleting somebody else. I was like, this is not like a good user interface for it. That kind of pissed me off. And I was like, if we're not going to be able to, if we had 600,000 people on TikTok following us and they all want to follow us on Be Real, it's like, they can't. Right. Like, why are you capping me at this? So that, you know, just But if they opened it up, you'd be, you would be on the platform. Probably. Right. Yeah. Which is not good. And, I, and I think me. <laughs> what I think is, is a really good example of, of this is like talking about, you know, making people care about you as a creator. Be real could really do that. Like showcasing us shooting this, us filming Ike's lunch. Like people love behind the scenes. Have you ever seen people post on TikTok like the final edit and the behind the scenes? The behind the scenes outperforms the final edit. Like yeah, nine people times love that shit. That's what Be Real is. Bars. Our last question, and I think the one we are most excited for, comes from my boy Vince on Snapchat. Follow me on Snapchat, at Jack Settlement. Thank you. He said, I've been listening. Don't see myself in the limelight, though. I'm a pretty technical guy. Could see myself working with brands in the creator economy, building out a team and supporting creators. And then he added this on after I actually responded, saying specifically as a lawyer, maybe he's in law school or, or headed in that direction. So the idea of becoming part of the creator economy, making a living off of this, but not actually being the creator. 
Okay. Um, my mind went a few different places based on how this question went because he ended it specifically as a lawyer, right. which sucks because when I saw that, I was like, that's easy. Make content creator specific content. <laughs> like make content specific to content creators about things they might run into right. with the law. Yeah. But he's like, I don't want to create content for it. The beginning part of the question though, like I've been, I don't want to be in the line. Like I want to be a part of the creator economy because I believe that it's going to blow up. That's, that's, I don't want to say that's easy, but if you can figure out a really technical, you said you're a technical guy. So whether that's video editing, if that's coding, like we are not tech people. I don't know how to build a website. Like I can be resourceful enough to figure out, right. but if you're someone who learns how to build websites, if you're someone who knows how to, you know, make thumbnails, if you're video someone who, edit, yeah, like do anything technical, we could always use those people around us. So I think that's easy. Like you do those things and then do it for people for free. Like, I mean, it's kind of the theme that we've been talking about for the last, you know, five weeks in a row yeah. now is show people that show people your work and they will, eventually find you irreplaceable if your work is good enough specifically as a lawyer that complicates things a little bit really? for me because he wants to go away from making content i look at the i've been saying this for fucking years in the fantasy industry there is a place for someone to be the doctors that people are going to and we have that now right we have dr jesse morris we have all these dudes that start to work for all these brands are bringing on like doctors specifically for their fantasy football media companies mm -hmm. and they're no better than normal doctors. They just branded themselves as yes. specific to fantasy football. Well, that's why I thought the lawyer question was actually quite right. Easy. But the way they got found was through content through that content. they made. It's like yeah. if you start making content about like, okay, you make a piece of uh, you make a TikTok on them. Be like, I'm a lawyer. If you're a content creator about to work with a brand, here are three things you got to look out for in the contract you're about to sign with them. It is a good way to find clients, but I think a similar good way would be tracking down my email and your email and sending an email that says subject line content creator lawyer and the first line is like hey jack i review a bunch of content creator brand deals partnerships you know all this stuff like i would love to you know if you ever have any questions send it through i send three deals through because we struggle with this mm -hmm. the lawyer i pay he isn't content creator specific he's awesome he's also fucking expensive yeah. and so if you could almost find like eight freelance you know clients which is just like eight but that creators. but then you're like kind of depending on timing to happen like if you send me that email like i just happened i i needed to have happened to have a contract come across my desk at that point to be like hey can you look at this like if that didn't happen in that and maybe it's different because you're working with agencies you probably have a lot of contracts yeah, coming yeah, through like right. you know different angles all the right. time and shit like that for me specifically as if you're talking about working with an individual content creator yeah. but again it depends on like if you rather work with an agency in the content creation world like that would work for you yeah. for sure yeah, my, my mind first goes to like, if you want to be known as like a lawyer for the specific thing, go tell people, go <laughs> show guy. people that you could be that guy. And, and being in the limelight, right? Like you could write blogs, mm -hmm. you could write Twitter threads, you could, uh, you could pay someone to, you could script it out and then pay someone to create the content. Like there's a lot of ways that you don't actually have to be in the limelight, this, but yeah, you could, this is definitely a direction that you can be like super successful. And because the, the creator economy is relatively really new yes. and there hasn't been a lot of people like niching down on specific roles within the creator economy. Like we have creators, of course, but you don't see a lot of, you don't see lawyers. You don't see these people that are like, I do this for these people. The more specific I build you get, creators, websites, right. I build creators, merch shops. Just doing I that build. is really specific. You can be like, oh yeah, I build websites. It's like, okay, cool. But like, if you get specific, with it, I could look at like, oh, you built this for this creator. These are things that I want for mine. Like the more detailed you can get with what you're actually doing, the better off you're going to be. Yep. Make content. All right. 
as this week of big content. Go join the Discord. Go follow us on, uh, go subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe via the podcast. And I think that's the only way you can find us. Big edit. We love you. You're much louder than me in my ear. I don't know if that. I mean, you're, you've been talking from yeah. back here. That's why. If you're up to the mic. No, but you sound so much sexier. Oh, I mean, that's a given. That's just how it is, I guess. I mean, Shark Tank Jack pitched me like Randy Johnson. You see Randy Johnson's a fucking, uh, you know who Randy Johnson is? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if it was before <laughs> your time or not. He, he kind of is, which is crazy. He was like my favorite baseball player of all yeah. time. He is now a photographer. Oh, yeah. At like that. NFL games or something like that. that. Yeah, yeah cool. Goat. Yeah. The lens that he can hold <laughs> must be so fucking long. That, that's where I got the name the big edit from, the big unit. Right? Wasn't it? Wasn't his? I feel like Randy Johnson's nickname yeah. was the big unit. Yeah. Everything I do is dedicated to Randy Johnstein. <laughs>